What's up, Brody Alexander? Hey, Dad. Gonna party like it's my birthday. Gonna sip Bacardi like it's my birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck that it's my birthday. What's up, Mitchell Chen? Mr. Chen. This is your late night deep voice radio host. Welcome. Matt's quiet again. Am I loud? Am I loud relative to Matt? Do I, I need to turn down? I'm very quiet. Why is this suddenly a thing that's happening? It's ruining my bit. There, is that better? Let turn me know up a little more. Can hear me better. I can only go just so much further here. I think that's as far as I can get it. Cooper's perfect. Okay, easy now. Easy now. You're going to give him a big head. I've already got a big head. That's true. Yeah, you got to... <laughs> Cooper and I were having a good time when we were making the thumbnail for today's show. We were uh, we were very amused by it. You guys are going to have to... Uh, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast after the fact, you're going to have to go look at the YouTube thumbnail. Because it's very right. seasonal. Matt's still quiet. Matt's got to go up right, 50%. I literally can't turn it up anymore um, I'm gonna try every single thing at my disposal to make this louder yeah the just mic put the mic in your mouth dial <laughs> I I just don't have okay let's okay is that any better can you hear me Sounds better, better than me I turned off noise suppression Go a little louder. So I've got, I, I literally can't. Uh, the dial goes up to 150. I've got it at 150. Do you have, uh, do you have like mic settings? Nope. You don't have like device mm. settings for your mic? Mm, no. I do okay, not. I'll lower but, mine. Lower mine. Yeah. I'll lower mine a bit. Solution. Are we good? There. We'll see if that's more even. Is that better? Check, check. Find me in the club. Buck Johnson says it's good to him. That's all that matters to me. Buck is your other dad. So what is it? Buck is young old boy is your dad and Buck is your daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Cooper's worse now. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I just turned Coop up. Did you? Yep, I did. Cooper may be a little quiet now. We'll pull you up just a little bit more. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right, get it out. <laughs> you need to do the like the that, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's how I first met Cooper. You know, we we were at the same party. I came in the party. Everyone's kind of having a good time, and I I glanced across the room and in the corner. I saw this hooded figure sitting there just doing that, just kind of. <laughs> and I was like, there, that's the guy I want to be friends with. Turn me up just a tad bit. Cause like I turned myself down. I didn't turn myself down in, in restream. I turned it down on my interface and I barely turned the knob and apparently that screwed my game. Okay. Well, if the oh, audio is all jacked up for this episode, then 
Um, you it's guys, mad. I guess, just we're just going to have to deal with it. And I don't think that it's because of the music we're playing at the beginning, because if it was, I think it would affect both of us. But everyone says, you sound fine, but I'm quiet. Kyle says, good, so, stop there. Okay. So we just have to, uh, we just, we need to see if we find, if we know someone who could, I don't know, make us some intro music for the podcast or something like that. And then we would have to do that this. tomorrow. Hey, there you go. I could play you an idea. Real nice. We do know a guy. Jazz, like some jazz. Can you hear that? I can hear that. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. I was going to say that's you're a very gifted jazz player. Thank you. That's enough of that. <laughs> Joshua Ham says, "Was Cooper in the corner mulling how women don't know he's got a good job and would make a good husband?" Mm hmm. Ah, uh, lyrical lyrical equivalents of solid, liquid, and gas. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the best intro music in all of podcasting, far and away, is Counterflow with Buck Johnson. That's you've got to try to top that, Cooper. That's the that's the task ahead of you. Something about the Iris Osiris. Mm hmm. Welcome, guys. We have got a uh, we've got another show for you today, in which we proclaim our allegiance to God Emperor Elon, or at least that essentially that's what you're doing. Apparently, anytime you say anything good about about Elon, um, then uh, it's funny. There's the meme of like the Elon Defender guys that it's the um, what's his name from from The Simpsons um, jumping in front of the bullet. So it's like anytime Elon does something, here's the Elon Defender guys. There's like a reverse of that meme where if you say something positive about Elon, you get people in your mentions who are like, so you support the Antichrist? And like, no, like I, I just see him doing stuff and I think it's interesting. I think he's doing really interesting stuff. I think he's on the cutting edge. I think he's the one that is kind of showing, showing the way forward. That doesn't mean like I want to be his best friend. I mean, I think it'd be fun to be friends with. I think he'd be kind of a little weird and awkward. Um, but like, how do you, how do you not at least find him compelling? Oh, the circle can't be broken. By and by, Lord, by and by. That was beautiful. Thank you. Are you going to sing for our, for our, our, our podcast opener? Uh, no, I was just going to make some vaporwave or something. Okay, that works. Yeah. Joshua Ham says, I'll have to leave in a few minutes. Got honor guard duty for a fellow veteran. I'll come back and catch up afterwards. Any young vets out there, I'm the youngest at honor guard at 40 years old. Wow. Um, uh, Tobias said, Elon verbatim said his ideas come from demons. Yeah, probably. I'm not surprised. I'd be interested to see that. I'd, if you have a, have a source or something, I'll go look it up later. Um, Today, there's a couple different things that I wanted to touch on that I found very interesting recently. I'm sure some of these you guys have already seen, but for those of you who maybe haven't, I understand some of you guys actually aren't on Twitter all the time, so you may not necessarily see all these things. So let me make sure I get the right window to share here. Media posts. Also share tab audio. Yes, share. All right. 
So for those of you who were living under a rock, um, this recent like me, this recently happened. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the video or did you just hear about it? I didn't, not until you sent it to me. Okay. I don't, so I'm living in my bunker, dude. Right, right. Um, I guess we actually, we should say before we get into all this, if this is your first time here, please do like the episode and share it and subscribe to the channel. We would love you for, we would love you for doing that. If this is not your first time here, we would also like you to like this video and share it. But um, if, you are, if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe too, and that would be cool. Uh, we also have memberships live on the channel now. Uh, so I think it's five bucks a month gets you, you get to have your, if you see in the chat here, we got Brody Alexander with the, the special green text. That, that's what makes you special. You get the green text instead of just kind of the generic grayish white text. Um, and then you also get a little king pilled icon next to your name. So it makes you look cool in the chat. Um, and then you can look down on all the rest of the plebs. But the best part is you get to post emotes. So we've got a bunch of different emotes in there. And when we say the magic words, you can post them like fractal or strong. We've got a picture of Mike Menser here. Go ahead. Why? I don't understand why. I, like as soon as you, you told people, hey, make sure you like the video. It's like they're like, oh, yeah, I should like the video. And it just went from like eight to like 14 in a matter of 10 seconds. I don't understand this because every YouTube video I watch, whether I like it or not, the first thing I do is hit like, like compulsively. Really? Yeah, I've, I've always been that way. Same with Twitter threads. Even if I don't like it, I just, I hit heart. I like, I, it's an autism Interesting. Thing. Interesting. I, okay, so you guys in the chat, weigh in. What do you, is this a, uh, how do you react to this? Because I don't, I use likes as kind of a combination of like an expression of approval that I liked it and sort of as a bookmarking feature kind of because now that I've got I pay for Twitter I get the actual bookmarking feature you can have folders that's and how it started but... that's how it started I would like things as a bookmarking thing and then it just became habit and now I've got thousands and thousands of I'll never go back and read them that's interesting so cable says he almost never likes he says you got to earn it um Tobias says I never like anything ever unless asked yeah uh, random I... says I use my likes as a playlist to reference yeah, my dad says that he does the same as me. He often has to go back and dislike lame stuff. I have to do the same thing. I have to go back and unlike. <laughs> well, so it's kind of like like if people are are going to go through and start policing likes, which it's this. I, I think we maybe are kind of past that era. It, it was a thing for a little while, but it was kind of ephemeral because it's not. It's just not that effective of a technique for canceling someone, but. I guess the way that you would combat that is by literally liking everything. Have likes that are the most schizophrenic thing imaginable. So it would be impossible. Someone's like, oh, look at the, he liked this Nazi thing. And uh, there we go. Now we're demonetized. Um, he liked this, he liked this thing. And you'd be like, yeah. And he also liked this completely different, like, you, you know, he liked this pro Zionist post. <laughs> like, just, mm -hmm. just like absolutely everything. And then people can't pin you down on your, on your, yeah. It's like that guy who, uh, punched Macron in the face or whatever happened and the police mm -hmm. were interrogating him and like his apartment was covered in like, you know, the book by Mr. Mustache man. And then also Das Kapital. Like he just had like political theory all over. That was all schizo all over the map. And they're interrogating him for hours, trying to figure out what he believes. And they couldn't figure it out. Even though he's telling them like, no, 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 no. He's like arguing like, no, 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 you're wrong. no, so you think that the capitalist should be overthrown? No, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like, 
Uh, <laughs> so you think capitalism's good? No, 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 no. Like it was just all over the map. <laughs> totally schizo. And they were because they were trying to like you know prepare their their piece, their article to be like far right extremists attacks president of France or whatever. You know that's what the spinsters were were hoping for. Right. And just everyone just threw their hands up They're like I, this guy. I don't know. That's actually that's a really good illustration of like when the the boomer slash millennial spirit crashes into the Gen X slash Zoomer spirit. Because the boomer millennial spirit is the one that's like that that wants everything to make sense, just wants to have things in their proper boxes, have structure, have uh, uh, clear delineations, no ambiguities. They they want everything to be very simple and straightforward. And then the Gen X and, and Zoomer spirit is is much more comfortable with chaos and just taking completely random disconnected things and smashing them into each other and seeing what happens playing with irony and meta and all that sort of thing these are all very gen x zoomer characteristics that's interesting yeah every couple of months i have to go through like my twitter or my youtube and i have to unsubscribe from like 600 accounts mm. because i just compulsively like and subscribe to everything mm. That's and really interesting. My, al That's... my algorithm gets so screwed up. <laughs> I was going to say... Um... Like, I, don't, I don't care what Rose Twitter is up to, so I have to go like unlike a bunch of people and <laughs> follow. Or Globe Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, young old boy Brody says, uh, yeah, I figured it blows up the algorithm too and keeps my feed diverse. That's a really interesting idea. Like intentionally, if the algorithm is going to try to read your mind, then... <laughs> Make your mind seem incredibly fucking schizophrenic. So the algorithm's like, I have no idea what this guy wants. And just guess what I do. Yeah. Let's try this. Let's try that. That's actually how That's... I find like a lot of really good music and a lot of good creators. That's how I find them is mm. random algorithm thing. Like maybe he'll like this. You were right. Mm. I did like that. 90% of the time you're wrong, but every now and then you're right. Hey, Buck wants Buck... to do a show with us. Yeah, on the Zomer Boomer Gen X stuff. Jeffrey Zomer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll really put our heart into that show. I don't know. I don't really want to talk about this anymore, Buck. It's getting kind of boring. I'm sorry. You missed your window. <laughs> you should have asked me a week ago. <laughs> We're getting Buck worked up. But um, we can't I do want to say this: why Midwestern emo is superior to rockabilly and punk and whatever else you're into. Ooh, ooh! Now we ha now we have a a really niche autistic fight developing. <laughs> it's gonna be like the meme of the two retards fighting. <laughs> Oi! I think Oi's the other thing you're into. <laughs> uh, Doe nine one seven said fishing for likes must be how strippers feel. It's funny, I. Uh, uh, I actually thought about this for a while. Like, I, I feel really awkward doing the whole like, share, subscribe thing. It's very ham-fisted and, and shoehorned in there. But it's like, we're on a platform, and these are the rules for how the platform grows. The algorithm explicitly, like, if there's lots of likes on a thing, it's going to show it to more people. If there's um, lots of engagement in the chat on a thing, it's going to show it to more people. So if you guys like the show, and you want us to keep doing the show, well, we'd need to get the show in front of more people to um, enable us to keep doing the show. So... There's a mutual incentive here for if you guys engage with the show, makes it more popular, which means we have more of an incentive to keep doing it. And then we wind up both being happy. Um, so then I just... If, I you, like, if right, you don't, it's fine. Do it. I'm happy screaming into the void. <laughs> uh, Buck said, emo is superior to almost nothing. 
except for oi rockabilly punk hardcore <laughs> um all right oh yeah, julie oh, probably listens to garbage emo music i'm talking about a very specific thing <laughs> i'm not talking about fallout boy or whatever i'm talking about like <laughs> i'm talking about like merchant ships or midwest pen pal or something like that oh, oh. i'm Buxton sure julie's music now. sucks <laughs> I'm in agreement with you. <laughs> she said the same thing. No way. Okay, I'd probably get along with her then. She's edgy like me. Ah, uh, edgy boys. This is really interesting here. Young old boy says he's working on a spurtastic spreadsheet that maps out the generations and subgenerations and microgenerations. You absolutely should post that in the Discord. That is really cool. Um, that actually. I don't want to say too much now, but that actually fits in really well with some of the ideas that we have for um, when we when we uh, do our grand reopening with the the Kingpill Discord. Um, that sort of thing would fit in very well with part of the vision that we have for it. Um, so you guys, another another shameless self promotion here. Go join the Kingpill Discord. Subscribestar.com/slash/kingpilled. Get in there now because we're going to be making some uh, some pretty healthy changes. And we're pretty excited about some of the stuff we're going to do. And if you get in now, then you are, um, you're naturally going to be grandfathered in at the, uh, um, at the top of whatever you get up op the opportunity to get into everything ahead of time, no matter what pay level you're at. Uh, so subscribe, subscribe, slash King That's a very hard thing to say. Subscribe star.com forward slash King gets you into the discord. We'd love to have you there. We have lots of really interesting conversations, and it sounds like pretty soon we're going to have a really interesting spurgtastic spreadsheet from young old boy. Okay, so let's get back into this uh, Elon Musk thing here. I don't remember how we got off track, but so Elon, the, the context here, obviously, Elon has been, uh, ever since he took over Twitter, uh, has been kind of in a constant back and forth war with advertisers because advertising is the method by which the current instantiation of the cathedral, as Mentris Moldbug called it, is this is one of the things they use. It's one of the things they weaponize against people who are saying the wrong thing. They're going to go after your money, try to wield your money against you. They know you're beholden to your sources of money. So they're going to go after your source of money to force you to cooperate and say or not say, do and not do the things that they want. Elon is not a big fan of this. Say what you want about Elon. He's one of the few people in the world that is actually not just uh, hand-wringing about this, but actually taking it to him. So he was invited. Mm. One of the things that they, they have uh, been going after him for is, be, is platforming anti-Semitism. And they, <laughs> particularly given the current events going on in the Middle East, that's becoming a problem for them. They don't want to see that sort of thing. They're kind of, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. They're trying to use this as a way to get Elon by the balls. And I want to point out, first of all, the fact that they're taking these sorts of uh, uh, escalating extreme steps and going after him, trying to get him by the balls, indicates to me that they do not have him by the balls. Because if they had him by the balls, then it wouldn't take all of this back and forth. 
he would be very easily brought to heel. Obviously, he's not being easily brought to heel. That, that to me, indicates that he is, a, um, he is much more of a potential force than my browser just completely fritzed out on me. He's much more of a potential force that they they see as a threat. Um, so again, I've I've we've talked kind of talked about this before, but I just don't buy the whole like, um, you know, Elon is 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 just like a patsy of the regime. I don't I don't I don't buy it. Um, that's not me saying that I think he's our best friend and he's our our, our secret operative. He may I be just, the Antichrist. He very well may be. Yeah, and I'm just saying. If he is the Antichrist, it's not. It, 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 that's a different thing than him being a part of the regime. Those two things are not necessarily one to one. We have just been gifted a membership by Young Old Boy. Thank you, sir. This is awesome. So Slow Boy Whiteboard is now a member. Shout out Slow Boy Whiteboard. You are now a member of the King Pilled YouTube channel. That's cool. I didn't know how that worked. I know that people had had gifted memberships before, and I was going to say something. I forgot. I was going to tell people, hey, if you want, you can gift memberships. Um, but I didn't know the actual mechanism for it and how it works. So Brody just did it, and that's cool. Thank you, Brody. So this, so Elon goes to goes to Israel. And what's very interesting is he he goes to Israel and he didn't just get the like, you know, a businessman going to Israel gets special treatment. He got the head of state treatment in Israel. You saw the videos of him walking around with his contingent of people and everything. It looked very much like Trump going to Israel when Trump went there. So he's he's being treated. We're starting to see a blurring of the line between private CEO and head of state. These are starting, these lines are starting to get a little bit more fuzzy. So he goes there. Everyone was all was very concerned about what was going to happen when he came back. Is we going to get a big crackdown, or is he going to get a total change in demeanor and tone? He's had lots of these opportunities. He's had lots of chances chances to if he if this was all like bravado, he's had lots of chances to to you know chicken out and back down. And every single time he doubles down. Why? Did so here's his most recent. Why did you down. struggle to say chances? I don't know. So many times there, you botched it like four times in a row. I don't know. There's words coming out. I don't know what's happening. Oh, hey, look at Buck this. Buck is now a member. Buck is now a member. Shout out Buck Johnson. Man, we've got all the cool kids in our club. Welcome aboard, Buck Johnson. Um, okay, so so this was his most recent uh, escapade. This is him coming back from Israel and what he has to say to the advertisers. Dead online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers. We even we talked to Bob Iger today. You hope, uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I, I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, dead online. So that that hey Bob is a reference to um, Bob Iger, the um, head of Disney. So um, I tweeted. I said, "This is a seminal moment. The richest man in the world just told the ADL to go fuck themselves on live TV." And uh, 
uh, and someone replied and said, and said, I thought he was talking about Bob Iger and Disney. I said, yeah, that's what I said. It's the same, you know, it's the same people. Um, it's one, one funny thing that somebody pointed out, this was live on CNBC and obviously they didn't get the chance to hit the dump button before he said it, which means that, uh, CNBC is going to get fined for having profanity on live TV. <laughs> um, I wonder if they're going to, I wonder if they'll like sue him to pay that fine or something. This, this is like, this is a seminal moment. I hope people appreciate, like, you don't have to like or not like Elon Musk to appreciate the gravity of this moment. This is, this is a, a fairly epic, I don't know, quadruple down by, by Musk. He, he's indicating that, that he's not going to roll over. You're not going to make him roll over. Has there ever been a time, just just in, in terms of just speaking in pure historical events, where you have literally the richest man in the world going on a large public platform and telling people to go fuck themselves? Just period in general. It's never happened. This by itself would be a big deal if it wasn't tied to a situation that's actually like a, a foundational civilizational level issue. Um. Buck said the other guy's reaction is hilarious. Like Michael Myers when Kanye said George W. Bush doesn't like black people. Yeah, it's a similar type of moment. That's actually a really good comparison. It's a similar type of like people are going to talk about this thing that happened. And I think in retrospect, we'll look back and see this as a pretty significant moment. Because Elon here is not. He's not playing by the rules of the existing system. He's creating a new system. He's, he's in the process of, of manufacturing the future, and he's put himself in a position where he's now becoming more and more able to drag everybody into that future with him. In this way, then, he's, he's like, he's manufacturing the next regime. The next regime will be a regime that's reactive to this regime. And however, exactly what that looks like, we don't necessarily know yet, but it's going to happen fast. And the people who are who are seeing it coming, who are preparing for it, are the ones who are going to be able to take the most advantage of it. But this is like people have got to break themselves out of out of thinking about the world in these dying terms, thinking about these it, it, the the world in terms of the um, the power of of given institutions right now, because that power is not going to last. And I'm not saying this as a white pill or a black pill, just as a, I'm, I'm like, I'm describing this. I'm trying to look at it and describe it the way that someone would look at and describe a transition from, um, I don't know, a, uh, like one Pharaoh to the next and the way that those power plays played out. Like if you're watching a history channel thing, I guess that's not, I was going to say, if you're watching a history channel thing, you're not going to be seeing like an impassioned case made on behalf of a particular person. Um, but actually you might see that in the history channel. Uh, but in this, in this case here, like I'm trying to look at this as if I'm doing archeology span of the future. I'm trying to take an archeologist's, um, or like, uh, uh approach to un like uncovering history and trying to do that to the future as it's happening to us. Uh, is Elon a crypto zoomer? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And the way that we've been talking about it here, I think he would definitely be a crypto zoomer. What do you think Cooper? Hmm. 
I suppose you'd have to uh, define CryptoZoomer. Do you mean ProtoZoomer? Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking of it meaning the same thing. I guess maybe there might be a difference. Would you say he's a ProtoZoomer? Sure. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's sort of, to me, he strikes me a bit as kind of like the the uh, stereotypically professional version of Sam Hyde. Kind of like if, if Sam Hyde was going to be a wealthy, powerful billionaire businessman, how would he go about it? How would he carry himself? What would he do? That's kind of how he strikes me. He might be like Sam Hyde, like this, this stereotypically professional version of Sam Hyde dialed back like 20%. Um, but he very much has yeah. this. What's that? Probably more than twenty percent. <laughs> he has this. This uh, I don't know, like like orthogonal view of an approach to the world. He's thinking. He's he's like definitionally thinking outside the box, and he's a he's approaching the box from the outside versus from the inside. So he's he just fundamentally uh, just isn't isn't operating along the timeline or the it's just kind of like people people are sort of uh pawns in his game and there's a there's a, a sinister uh angle to that and it remains to be seen just how much of that sinister side is going to be revealed or just how or or if it's going to go a different direction i don't know which way it's going to go i don't know if it's going to be that i don't know if elon himself is going to wind up being a hero or a villain or none of the above well there is the whole putting chips in people's heads. And then there's also the, you know, private global surveillance state that he's building with Starlink. Mm -hmm. so, you know, that, that could be sinister. It could be, it could be sinister. Yeah. Especially the putting the chips in the heads thing. Like if that, if that actually happens, like that will be a sinister thing that he's doing very much. So that would very much put him in the villain category. Um, the, the private global surveillance state thing is actually I'm, I'm a little open to that these days yeah yeah i think like a social credit score is a good idea it'd be very a good, really to good have idea. A social credit score like imagine we're gonna, imagine we're gonna if blow everybody's minds right now <laughs> yeah. imagine if your uh success within a society and your your ability to rise to the top of that society was both um trackable and monetizable so if you if you could essentially monetize your reputation directly, yeah, the then everyone, would, social, everybody would be incentivized to have a very good reputation. The problem with the social credit score is that it, at least implemented in our current regime, is that it's being done by you know, like people who ate, eat babies and stuff, you know, right. evil people, the enemy. Uh huh. But if they were the good idea people, of a so, yeah, right. The idea of a social credit score isn't bad. The idea of a social credit score that is uh, operated and controlled by bad people is bad. This this kind of leads itself right to my point, though, that there's going to be a social credit score system. It doesn't like it's going to happen. This is a very obvious move to make. If so, like someone's going to make it, someone's going to make it as soon as they do, it's going to take hold. Somebody else is going to try to make it better. That's going to instantiate it even more. Someone's going to try to make it even better. That's going to instantiate it even more. And it's going to eventually spread into the society. It's already happening in ways. 
and it's going to continue happening, especially as we get an improved technological capacity to actually track and manage it. So the question isn't social credit score, yes or no. The question is who manages the social credit score? And if I have to choose between Elon Musk handle, uh, managing the social credit score and Joe Biden managing the social credit score, Joe Biden Joe being Biden. like a, 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 a <laughs> yeah, like a a name to describe a, a cabal of people rather than one person, I would take Elon Musk. It wouldn't like not even have to think a second. Yeah, he wants to put chips in people's brains. These people want to. I have said something I probably shouldn't say. These people want to put things in people too. The chips in the brain scares me less. So <clears throat> another another uh, thing I wanted to get into with, with uh, Elon and some of the stuff that he's been up to is, uh, <clears throat> so today, let me see if I can find this. I'm pretty sure I had it in my likes. So here's where I'm going to try to use my likes for a bookmark because I think I forgot to bookmark it. Um, today, the, it was either today or yesterday. They start. they announced that they were going to, um, uh, like the, the cyber truck has finished production and I'm not here to tell you that, um, that this, I, that the cyber truck is, is good or not good. I don't care what it looks like. I'm just saying the cyber truck is going to be a big thing. This it's is going ugly. to be massively, massively popular. It's ugly. It's going, yeah, it is ugly. And it's going to sell like fucking hotcakes. And I it's think that's so part of why, I think that's part of why it's ugly. I Like, this seems very much along Elon's, like, wavelength. That he's going to make something that is horrifying and ugly, and it's going to sell like hotcakes, and he's going to do it just because he can. So it is, that is it's kind of zoomer. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very zoomer. <laughs> so check out this video. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but check out this video here. But wait, there's more. That is like, I don't, I don't care. That is freaking cool. I don't care what it looks like. The fact that I guess for the, for those who are, who are uh, just listening, um, there's a, it's a video of a, a, a Porsche 911 and the Cybertruck doing a, a quarter mile against it. And the Cybertruck is first off the line. Cybertruck wins. And you see as it's crossing the finish line ahead of the, the Porsche <laughs> that it's towing an identical Porsche. And like, that's, that's freaking cool. This is, this thing's not competing against trucks. This this thing is a this this is a category of its own completely. Uh, Buck Johnson said his engine stood by at that event this morning. That's cool. 
Uh, super chat from random username, five bucks. He says, there are already three companies that issue out credit scores on all Americans that's used for loans and job applications. Yeah. Yeah. You had a social credit score for a long time. It's just been applied to a particular domain. <clears throat> it's inevitable that it's going to be applied to more domains. There's just, there's no avoiding it. The only way you avoid it. It's ostensibly been applied to just a handful of very specific domains, but it's probably been applied to a lot of other domains. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the question is whether it's going to be applied. Um, the question is when it's going to be revealed that it's that it's been applied. Like how many things has it been applied to and, and how uh, transparently is it going to be applied? So having having the richest man in the world doing it wide out in the open is seems to me like the best possible way to make it happen. If it's going to happen. I want him. I, I want Elon to corner the market on social credit scores until someone else shows up who I would trust more than Elon, who conceivably could corner the market on social credit scores. <clears throat> um, so this was one thing. Then this is a whole nother thing. That one, that one was pretty cool. Like that's like, that's a neat, uh, a neat feature that it's got. However, can I not access my, where the heck? Oh, there we go. I'm trying to find my bookmarks. This one I did bookmark. So this is the next thing that is just even more cool. And this is when I really realized that this Cybertruck is not just going to be a fad. So check this out. This is the, uh, the Cybertruck and their uh, camper, I think they're calling it, or canopy. We'll just play it. A wedge-style camper for the Cybertruck. Your space camper drops onto the bed of your truck and attaches quickly with just a few clamps. It's meant to travel with you on the day-to-day, -day, providing utility with minimal effect on your truck's range. Double your secure storage space with full access to your truck bed and no modifications to your Cybertruck required. We're utilizing the Cybertruck's onboard air compressor to open your camper with the flip. So the first I thing love that the vaporwave, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that it does is it adding this thing on actually increases the storage capacity for the truck. So that's the okay. That's I changed the first my thing. mind. I changed my mind. It's cool now. It, I hate it just now. wait. Thirty seconds. Just ago. wait. <laughs> I like it now. Is it just because of the music? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper's an easy hook. <laughs> mm -hmm. The flip of a switch. Every camper comes with lockout bars for additional safety and a built-in awning. The Murphy-style bed is big enough for two with easy access from both sides. Reading lights mount to your roof magnetically so you can move them around. Your bed folds up into a backrest and tucks out of the way for up to eight feet of standing room. Nearly every element of your camper has more than one function. Extensions stored at the foot of your bed become benches and tables that you can rearrange however you'd like for a comfortable zone or mobile office. If you need to be discreet or want a little extra security, you can camp out in incognito mode, where your bed drops down so you can sleep with your camper closed. Our base model has everything you'll need if you'd like to keep it simple. We've also made it easy to add on accessories. Built-in storage compartments can be accessorized with a drop-in sink, induction cooktop, and everything else you'll need for a full camp kitchen. You can move your whole kitchen outside with the addition of our back rack trailer hitch accessory. When closed, it provides an aerodynamic place to mount your gear and detaches when you don't need it. Resting on detachable hinges, your bed platform can become an exterior table. 
and happens to be the perfect size for an outdoor movie screen. Our rechargeable projector accessory is great for movie nights outside with friends or can be magnetically mounted inside for date night. You can also switch up your layout with stargazing mode. Every camper comes with universal L-Track roof runners to work with any rack accessory on the market. We'll be offering roof racks designed to host cargo boxes, your gear, and multiple solar panels. Our 220-volt tankless water heater mounts inside your camper for instant hot water to your sink or shower. You'll be able to move your shower enclosure around and collapse it for easy storage. Our design features several simple, reliable mechanisms that are made to last. Since your truck won't require you to carry keys, we've made it so your camper won't either. The rear hatch locks automatically when pushed closed and opens again when you lower your tailgate. Our base model camper comes in black. Upgrade to stainless steel for additional durability and heat shielding. We'll be offering more options for customizing your camper, including a logo delete or custom embossing. Be ready for any experience with a camper you can make your own. Reservations are open now for priority fulfillment at spacecampers.com. And I don't know if you can see the uh, the logo or the uh, the um, little slogan here. It says, uh, "Where you're going, you don't need roads." <clears throat> um. So first of all, That's like this cool. is just this thing's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet. It's, what I told Cooper when we were on the phone about uh, talking about this earlier is I said this is not designed to compete with trucks. This is designed to compete with houses. This is a this is a this is an entirely new uh, industry that he's putting his stamp on, and he's doing it in the uh, the, the market. You could you could do an entire series of podcasts on all of the marketing brilliance in this, the 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 quality of the photography, the aesthetic of the photography, the all the design choices, the way they set it all up, the way just the everything that went into creating this it's an absolutely masterful marketing video. And I know like there's a lot of people who it's become very fashionable in the, the boomer millennial dominated era, the boomer millennial spirit dominated era to be uh, really, I don't know, to like look down your nose at sales and marketing as if these are like dirty, uh, dirty industries. They're industries that have dirty people in them, but the industries themselves aren't dirty. They're actually really fundamental industries. If you listen to any person who's ever been successful ever, they'll tell you one of the first skills you need to teach yourself is the skill of sales. You have to be able to sell people because selling people is not the, the skill of selling is not something that comes into, into, into practice only in a business domain. If you want to treat business as if it's a domain separate from the rest of your life. This is knowing how to sell as a fundamental skill. This is potentially an anti-psyop. I may have just coined a term. Ooh, go on. Let me explain my theory. This is kind of my schizo theory. Do you remember like the tiny house movement and like there's the tiny house craze where you had the tiny house, whatever, whatever. You had the mm -hmm. show and people like building their tiny houses and stuff. I always thought that was like a psyop that led up to the you will own nothing and you will be happy. It's like mm -hmm. trying to get everybody interested in living in tiny houses off the grid. Mm. What if this is oh, to combat yes. that? You might not own a lot, but you can own this and you can be happy. Yes. This is how you can you can functionally live nomadically. So you can own a tiny house, but you can take that tiny house anywhere and do all kinds of cool stuff with it. 
obviously the electricity thing is a is a, a um, an engineering hurdle. Being able to, because um, like as it is like this, you couldn't go completely off grid with it. Um, solar panels entirely, but it has solar panels, so perhaps you could even maybe that maybe I don't know the this is it's completely beyond my my uh, kin whether like just having solar panels could fully charge it to be able to do everything you needed with it, especially if you're going to use a video projector and all this sort of stuff. But again, that's just a, like, this is a trivial engineering hurdle that has to be surmounted. And people are like, well, what if the grid goes down? Well, yeah, if the grid goes down, what are you going to do in your fucking house? Are you, are you, if the grid goes down right now, are you going to be hunky dory in your house? Probably not. So this is like, I was with Jason Stapleton before when we were talking on wealth, power, and influence. We created a group called the Nomad Network with the idea that being able, like living as a nomad is going to become a way of life for people again. There's kind of like this, this, this TikTok of history. And for a while, human beings were nomads. And then we all collected into cities. And then the cities turned into absolute shitholes and people are heading back out. And the, the rise of nomad nomadism is going to be a, a key defining feature of the next couple generations where you're now able to, 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 to basically set up shop and live just about anywhere. <clears throat> this is going to be a force that people are going to want. There's going to be huge demand for this, which means the existing logistical hurdles that stand in the way of that are going to be reimagined to accommodate this sort of lifestyle. This will be a bougie way of doing it. This is this is this is bougie nomad living. But if you want something to get easier, get the bougie people doing it. Because the bougie people will finance the development of the technology to make this thing more possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like this is this is a uh just an engineering problem. Right. Right. The problem is like finding the land to live on. Um, you know, having to deal with kind of cross property, um, uh, uh, you know, you're trying, trying to get out to some place. And uh, I mean, imagine if you have like a thousand of these guys all trying to be in, in, um, uh, a given area, well, you're, you're going to evolve ways of doing that. Like campgrounds, it's kind of like an RV. So you just have RV campgrounds and you can adapt on that idea. You could maybe there's someone out like there who's been developing. given a good idea here that like, this is. Does, does this make you think of some kind of entrepreneurial venture that you could take on? Start thinking about, imagine these things proliferating and more and more people beginning to want to live like this. Yeah, and you, could build like, you could build like tabernacles and you could just have entirely nomadic communities. That, tra that travel around the tabernacles? With the uh -huh. with the, you have, so you have a mobile tabernacle with these communities around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty novel idea. <laughs> Um, what's an ancient idea, right? The, the other thing I wanted to say about this is the brilliance of the business. Actually, let me, let me share this tweet here. Cause the tweet that I had pulled up there gets into part of it. Uh, so this is, uh, Austin, uh, you should follow at Austin on Twitter, A U S T E N. Um, he's the founder of, uh, bloom tech. It, it used to be called, <clears throat> um, was it code school? It was some, some, uh, really cool startup that, um, 
they would basically they would teach you they would put you through a really quick boot camp and then place you in a in a, a job with various coding jobs and stuff these very interesting kind of uh sort of libertarian type of 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 founder he he's very much along the kind of peter Thiel, elon yarvin sort of wing of of silicon valley so he said there's an untold story happening at tesla yes they're actually making money on electric cars but look at the other opportunities for high margin upsells. Autopilot is probably 95% plus margin. Accessories that are, I don't know, 75% margin. Zero cost to acquire a consumer and no ad spend. So you, you sell the person the electric car. And now you've just given them a platform for them to upgrade in all kinds of different ways. And you don't have to market to them. You don't have to like advertise to, to, to get them. They're, they're already a client for you. They're going to streamline the ability to upgrade this incredibly. Like it's going to be like through their app. You just thumb through their app, kind of like the Apple App Store. An Apple App Store, except for uh, for pimping out your Cybertruck. It's going to naturally lend itself to people who are already very tech savvy. Because those are going to be the people who are number one, going to really understand this and, and be willing to take on this sort of the technical uh, task of managing a, a vehicle like this. They're also going to be the ones who are the most inclined to want to live nomadically and just travel around. And like this thing here, I'm, I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but this single product here is going to facilitate the dissolution of national boundaries to some degree. Because this, it's going to, Tesla is going to make an insane amount of money off of this and selling upgrades and stuff on top of it. They're also creating clients, dedicated clients for Starlink. Because now all these people with their Cybertrucks, they may even have it, I don't know, they may even have it built into the Cybertruck. I'm sure they would if they, as long as I don't think there's anything legal that would be preventing them from doing that. Just have the two companies cooperate and work video. <clears throat> right. So th this is why I'm, uh, Elon is, is winning on so many different fronts right now. And each of those fronts that he's winning on is going to generate exponential returns for him. I don't care what you think about him, whether you approve of it or don't approve. He's becoming the single most important person in the world. Let me check the chat here and see what you guys are saying. I got uh, too many windows going on here. Uh, let's see. Gas pumps at stations require power from the grid. Yep. Uh, Tobias says, I was a digital nomad for a few years. Um, Elon would say your home would be the gas station. Home panels and batteries could charge reasonably. Onward to Bertaria. Yeah, Bertaria is uh, is one of the things that that Owen Benjamin has really hit on well. The, the concept of Bertaria is is brilliant and necessary. We need we don't we need more Bertarias. <clears throat> uh. Cable says, I'm sure this guy will come up with a way to buy accessories and you pull up to a Tesla vendor, pull in, and it's probably installed and ready to go within minutes. Probably won't have to get out or talk to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
there was one other comment I wanted to reply here. Uh, Blue Sky said, uh, so this is the new version of the tiny house that we won't be able to afford. Whether or not you can afford it is up to you. You're the one who gets to decide whether or not it's something you can afford. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Do you know what the price of this is going to be? No. I'm sure that, like, if you got it fully outfitted, it'd probably be a couple hundred grand at least. Let's see. Cybertruck price. Uh, starts out at 61 grand. Okay. So, do you want to pay 61 grand or do you want to pay 300 grand? So, then the question is how much is the. That's for the the Cybertruck. The um, Cybertruck price with uh, camper. So the Cyberlander. No, what's it called here? Um, it looks like how much for the Cyber? $24,000. Are you serious? This whole thing fully outfitted would be less than a hundred grand. If, if if I'm not reading that right, if there's something, if, if I'm wrong on that, then someone please, please point it out. But that's insane. Okay, I'm 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 rethinking everything that I was just saying, and I recant everything I said, and I want to say it again with even more confidence and enthusiasm. <laughs> this. <laughs> This is going to be a really, really transformative piece of technology, I think. The fact that you're going to be able to get into something like this for less than 100 grand is just, is just, it's making housing very affordable again for the people who are willing to think outside the box about how they go about doing that. You could live in the city and you could have this, this setup. I'm sure you're going to be able to, you could go live at a, a, a campground, like an RV campground. And then you can just pull up and go anywhere you want at any time, go out to a, to a national park. If you work remotely, which a huge amount of the workforce works remotely, anybody's going to be able to, any of those people would be able to get one of these and go live wherever they want at any time. Some people that aren't, aren't, cut out for that. They're not going to want to live that way. And that's fine. Like you're not a, you're not in the demographic for this thing, but you probably should get more comfortable with that idea because I think increasingly it's going to get more and more difficult to live the way that we live right now where you have like static cities, suburbia, people commute into the city and go back out and you have your suburb, like, the cities are going to get more and more tightly controlled and insular. Pretty soon, you're, it's probably going to cost money to go into the city. You're going to have to actually explicitly pay. It's going to be like, I don't know, toll roads all the way around or something. So to get into most major cities, you're going to have to pay. And just having like just a standalone neighborhood like this is going to become less common. I don't know if it's going to become uncommon, but it's going to become less common humanity is going to start getting a lot more mobile. And it's really fun to think about the idea of getting a hundred guys 
who each has one of these and like just roaming the world, just going wherever you can go with it. Just live in one of these things and just, just travel post up at different campsites, hang out, do your work. You've got your Starlink. You can do your, you can work remotely, go hiking. That sounds like that would be a really, really fun life. And having that capacity is, it's going to open up all new, diff, like all kinds of different avenues for innovation, rearranging governance structures, and really kind of, it's, I think it's going to start, it's going to make people start kind of reimagining what it, what the praxis of being a human is, what it, what it means to live a normal human life. The nine to five thing is, is going to be completely gone. Hmm. And the more made, it'll get cheaper over time. Yeah. Yeah. 150 Canadian. So if that's where it's starting out, and it's funny, if you look up the price, I just did when I, I Googled it, it said um, all the prices were, uh, all, all the articles were saying that it, it was released and it's 50% more than he said it was going to be. It like, <laughs> you can just see that you can see the, the, the programming there. You, know, you, you have to be mad that even in the, in the announcement of it, just the bare news announcement, the way it's framed is it's 50% more expensive than he said it was going to be. And it starts at freaking 60 grand. Uh, Darren said, look at roof mount tents, common and camping. This has a nice integration. That's the point though. It's not just a nice integration. The reason why people don't live in camps with, go, don't go camping with roof mount tents is because it kind of sucks. It's not that great. It's sort of a, you know, kind of roughing it sort of lifestyle that the vast majority of people aren't even remotely interested in doing. This makes it very appealing. This is going to make it fashionable to go do that, which is, which is going to be kind of nice. Is it like, maybe as it takes all the bougie people and it kind of pulls them away from other areas of the market where they're, they're doing their, uh, their school marm thing there. Now those avenues of the market will kind of open up as they, you know, if you kind of, if you want to stay out of the 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 would you call it like the Sauron's eye of the HR millennial spirit, then what you want to do is you want to figure out which thing they're going to look at next and just go somewhere else. Like try to stay away from where they're looking. So if this is going to get all the bougie HR millennials out truck camping in a in a cyber truck, then yeah, maybe you'll run into them if you're out there. But at least that means they're not somewhere else being a pain in the ass, and you can go over there. Uh, Joshua Ham says, I would love to see this truck with a towable trailer, a full RV. That way I could fit my family with the trailer. We could have more solar panels, water reclamation, treatment, sanitation, and more. Yeah. I mean, like right now you could do it with just, just a normal RV, but I'm sure, I'm sure something like this is, is, is going to come. That seems like just a natural next step is to make like a, a cyber truck RV, uh, attachment. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and then think about the fricking add-ons you could have with that tesla may be the new uh like tesla is going to make apple look like chump change <laughs> uh 
Young old boy says RV grounds with power stations, gardens, integrate woofing, put hippies to hard labor, developing land, permanent residence and space for nomad members. Hey, hell yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, the post office just shit a brick. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No more need for the post office. Hey, there's a new industry. Yeah. Mobile, like that's something. Hey, guys in the chat, there's something you can start start working on. There's a project for you. Yeah. Figure out how how mail would be sent and delivered to a bunch of nomadic people. Mm-hmm. Start solving that problem. You just, just got to just put your mind to it. It's an engineering problem. Just figure it out. Imagine what the world would look like if, say, 1% of the American population, which would be what? 3 million people? 3.5, close, probably 4 million people, somewhere in there. If 4 million people bought these, that means you have 4 million potential customers in addition to other people whose use cases would be comparable. Figure out how to make that happen. And there you go. Now you got yourself a business. Elon just convinced the city folk to go touch grass. <laughs> That's right. He did. Um, now this is interesting. Yeah. I was actually, I'm glad you reminded me of this, Josh, cause I was going to say this. Josh Ham said, I see how great this truck is designed for one to two people. Thus I would love to give him money to design and build a full towable for the truck that is integrated. Absolutely. And I love this mindset because I've been just waiting to see the guy who complains about this, who writes his long schizo post on Twitter, belly aching that Elon is out here trying to incentivize people not having kids because like, how are you going to have a kid in with this, with this application? Like it'd be too difficult unless the kids are like really little. And that's exactly the wrong mentality to have. Obviously Elon's not concerned with, uh, with trying to get people to depopulate themselves. He's very vocally, that's like the that's been his defining characteristic for decades is that he's afraid of depopulation, which incidentally is part of the reason why I um, am not a um, for I, I, like I've never bought into the idea that he's part of the the regime, so to speak, or the cathedral, because their defining core value is depopulation, and that's the one thing that he's the most vocal about. Uh What's up, Will Emanuel? He said he was trying to listen earlier, but he was on work calls. He almost feels like an adult. <laughs> um, okay, so there was one other thing that, as a as a as a contrast to this, I wanted to pull up uh, another tweet here. Is it deviated septum DeSantis? Deviated septum DeSantis. Um, so we need to, first, we need to explain to the good people here what a deviated septum is. Can you, uh, can you do that while I'm trying to find this tweet? Well, it's an evolution. This is a term I coined a, a number of months back. It's an evolution on the idea of like a mouth breather being just a stupid person. Well, a deviated septum is someone who probably breathes through their mouth because if they, you know, try to breathe through their nose, they've got constriction or whistles or whatever. So it's it just stupid people, deviated septums. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is your this is your new install. I wonder if we can get a deviated septum emote. What would it yeah, be? Yeah. Picture of I don't DeSantis. Know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time remember... we talk about every time we talk about uh maybe it should be the other way around that every time we talk about DeSantis, people post pictures of like a bust ass nose or something. 
I mean, so that would uh, that would that would be appropriate considering his uh, Zionism. Uh huh. Oh, there's levels to this one. Levels and levels. So this is something that was posted. I'll play it for you guys first, and then uh, then we'll talk about it. So this is something that was tweeted out by DeSantis War Room. They tweeted this video and said, knockout. I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida. And he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, and oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. <laughs> Oh, oh, he dropped the mic on him, yo. He owned him. It was Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. Can you believe it? Oh, Gavin Newsom's father-in-law likes Florida better than California. Oh, shit, what up? This is that boy. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, it's so bad. So so Popehead, go go follow Popehead on Twitter if you can. Pope underscore head, one of the best posters. He said, "Does does the Desantis War Room have a sixteen year old from two thousand eleven creating their content?" This is this is like the the I've used this term a lot lately, and I had to explain this to to Cooper yesterday or or today actually what the Uncanny Valley is. So this is this is like. Obviously, they're trying to rip off like a particular meme. They're using a, explicitly using a particular meme format, and they're trying to play on the personality that the Trump War Room account had. They're sort of like trying to be like the newer, cool, cooler, better version of that. But this just comes off as like uncanny valley Trump War Room content. Yeah, the fact that he calls it DeSantis War Room is gay. <laughs> yeah. I like how, like. How do you not realize just how much like sh uh, uh, short little brother energy you're projecting? Here? <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, and, and like to add on to that, the fact that he wears fucking lifts in his boots is just, oh, actually. So <laughs> we'll come back to this one here in just a minute. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to open this in a different tab and uh, what was this called? It was like Trump posted today. Oops. Posted. It wasn't this video. He posted a video today um, making fun of DeSantis. That was, uh, it was another one of those like AI ones. Yeah. Um, fuck. It was one of those AI ones where it was like uh, uh, had a voiceover. And so it looked like uh, Trump and DeSantis were in a, uh, a debate. And oh, here it is. And Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. Let's begin. Oh. All right. First question. Have you ever betrayed the greatest president to ever live on President Donald J. Trump? No. Uh, what kind of question is that? What the hell? Very simple question, but let's try the next one. Are you a short, insecure little man that likes to wear lifts inside your cowboy boots? Yes or no answer, please. Nope. You know what? My wife bought me those lifts. 
and I happen to like them, okay? He's even using a stepping stool. I can see it from over here. Governor, we clearly said no step stools. You either get off of it or you're leaving this stage right now. California <laughs> Gavin New So like this is this is Trump trolling. The DeSantis war room is trying to is trying to like they're trying to mimic that somehow, but it just comes off so so cringy. Um so I uh I replied to that, and this, this is why I said. Cooper said that he liked this, so we should, we should read it on here. So I said, Ron's campaign is a manifestation of the boomer to millennial spirit. So it's like the spirit that goes from the, the boomers, and then the millennials are trying to inhabit the world the boomers created. They're trying to, trying to act like them. Um, they're naive. They think they're the clever ones who are in on the joke, when in reality, they're awkwardly trying to capitalize on a meme culture they don't grok and are themselves the punchline. They're repurposing existing memes and they're trying to lead an audience while also not understanding or caring about it. Because ultimately, that's what this DeSantis War Room content comes off as. It's very artificial. It seems very um, uh, patronizing. That they're, they're, trying, they're trying to LARP as the Trump War Room, but go after the Trump War Room in doing it. And it just doesn't work. It just completely falls on its face. On the flip side... Trump's campaign is a manifestation of this Gen X to Zoomer spirit that we've been talking about, the way they kind of have this commonality and the, the Zoomers are almost like the like Gen X sort of turned up. <clears throat> it, Trump's campaign is chaotic. It's original. They're actually the ones who are in on the joke. They're creating their own memes versus borrowing from someone else. And by that, I don't just mean like the actual memes themselves, but like the ideas and stuff that they're playing on. There's a lot more kind of vibrant, uh, chaotic energy coming from the Trump meme makers than the DeSantis ones. The DeSantis ones just seem like boomers trying to, like, the DeSantis online personality comes off as boomers trying to be, uh, like, hip and edgy cool kids. Yeah. It's very hello fellow kids. So interestingly, what Trump's campaign does is... They actually are leading the audience in this meta sort of way by reflecting the audience back to themselves. So they're kind of like, have you ever, have you ever been walking down the street and you're walking in front of someone and uh, you're, you're following the person, but you're walking in front of them. Have you ever had this, this experience? Or what? Where you're you're walking in front of someone, but you're following them, so you're following them from in front. So you have to be like constantly keeping an eye on what they're doing and and predicting their body language, seeing which way they're going to turn and, and trying to do it ahead of them. Have you ever ever experienced oh, that? Okay. See, yep. That's what it Every strikes me. I might walk with my wife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what it seems like the Trump campaign is doing. Like the Trump campaign is ostensibly leading, like they're the ones that are in front, but they're like, they're actually following the people that they're appealing to because they put out a bit and they see how the, how the bit works. They see what sort of reaction, what sort of energy builds from it. And then they kind of change their bit and capitalize on that. So they're, they're kind of like, they're like following from in front. 
as opposed to leading from behind? I don't know. Maybe I don't disagree, but in addition to being cringe, like the DeSantis war room, it's just really bad marketing because you see DeSantis war room and that reminds you of Trump war room. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. Why do you want to, why do you want to remind your, why do you want to remind your, why do you want to remind your audience constantly about how funny your opponent is and how great your opponent is? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to do to you what you did to us. Well, why do I need the, the knockoff brand? Why can't I just get the original? The original is still out there. And it's better. Right. Like, it'd be one Way thing better. if the... It would be... It would still be cringy if there was no Trump war room. Like, if Trump wasn't running, for whatever reason. And this was just a race between, like, DeSantis and... and uh, um, What's his name? The uh, fat guy. Um, Chris uh, Christie. R- R- Okay. Uh, if it was like, say, say those were the two guys that the 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 uh, campaigns were the guys they were campaigning against, and so there was no Trump war room in the picture. The DeSantis war room thing would still be really like, like, why why are you like why why aren't you doing something original? It makes it feel very um, focus grouped. It doesn't feel organic at all. Yep. Feels like a bunch of HR millennials mm-hmm. came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and HR millennials passed it over to their spinsters, the spinster millennials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who work for all the NGOs? Mm-hmm. The NGOs are the ones who are, you know, either they've got their little think tanks and um, their little political action committees and everything. And these are all populated by people who are inhabiting this spirit. I don't care what age the person actually is; it's this spirit that seems to unite the boomers and millennials and creates this weird HR vibe. Uh, random username says it's the same energy as Disney remaking movies. Yeah. I disagree. Do you? I do. Go on. Um, because it seems to me that like <clears throat> the DeSantis thing or just everybody, everybody trying to like, capitalize on like trump and his energy and all of the jokes and they're they're trying to like you know like you see after trump you know um desantis starts talking with his hands more and kind of doing trump gesture everyone's trying to be like trump Mm -hmm. um this seems to me more like a an attempt at doing something like an attempt to be in on the joke or to trying to do something politically politically expedient something of that sort the Disney remaking things, I think, is much more sinister. Mm. Like, I think that's intentionally trying to demoralize people and propagandize people. Where, like, the campaigning stuff just seems to me like it's like it's superficial, like the millennials who came up with the idea. Yeah, yeah. It's very much, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like they, they, they watched. You, I think what, what really rubs, makes it rub you the wrong way is it's like they watched everything that happened with Trump and didn't learn any of the lessons they should have from it. They're yeah, just like, Oh, we're going to try to do that. He just used a formula. So let's just figure out what the formula is and then do it. Except we're going to do it with this really stodgy, awkward kind of like just a guy who has like zero charisma. We're going to do the Trump thing with a candidate who has zero charisma. It just doesn't, 
And we're just going to reuse all the old memes. We're not even going to make new ones, which is what right. made something successful right. with all the new banging memes. We're going to just yeah. take all those that were really banging six years ago and we're going to use them now because they'll be banging again. Right. I mean, how like it was funny when people made a, a, uh, a thug life meme video of Trump in 2015. That was funny because... The idea that you would get a, a a presidential candidate who has the personality of Donald Trump, and then you could put a thug life, put him into a thug life meme video, was really creative and clever and original. Now doing it eight years later just makes you seem like a vapid tryhard. It makes you seem like a boomer. Yes, who finally caught up on this joke that you thing, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like the uh, yeah, like hello, fellow kids. Uh huh. You got your skateboard and you know your hat backwards, and I think it cool. gives you it gives you kind of like a visceral reaction because you realize th the people who would produce something like like making that sort of fundamental error in not under not being able to read the room at all, not understanding oh, yeah. what it was that made Trump Trump, not learning any of those lessons whatsoever, and having the gall to say. We're just going to take a, a lazy facsimile of his strategy and just just plant it over here on our guy. And you're going to vote because you guys are a bunch of clapping seals. Come on. That's kind of the, the like the vibe. Or, that you, or, yeah. or, 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 or. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to chimp out. Like, yeah, we're going to have to seal out. Balance a ball on your nose. <laughs> I'll throw fish. you a piece of mackerel and you'll catch it with your Ow. teeth. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways. That was basically all that I had on my mind today. You have anything else? Joshua Ham says, by the way, y'all aren't rural or blue collar. Yes, I am. I'll fight you. <laughs> So you might not know how much regular trucks cost. A regular F-150 is 60K plus. Recently saw a knitted out truck, four-wheel drive diesel F-350 for 100,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I drive a truck and uh, a pickup. It's not a truck truck. I drive a pickup. I have friends in Canada who tell me that uh, I'm not allowed to call it a truck. Um, but I have... Whenever being uh you know 50 percent more than he said it would be it's like it's still comparable right in price to every other truck but it's like way cooler yeah the the cyber truck the base model cyber truck would be cheaper than my ram the ram 1500 that i got three years ago was more than the cyber truck that is insane to me i can't fathom how he's possibly selling it that cheap and Man, why he would to... sell it that cheap and you also get to feel like you're in the name escapes me blade runner yeah right <laughs> the same price you can feel like you're in blade runner speaking of uncanny valley cable says i drive a ridgeline and the spurg from the truck gang is worth the price of admission <laughs> it's not a real truck i looked at, at ridline ridgelines too the only reason we didn't get one was just because the uh um, the interior wasn't as big as we wanted it to be with uh, having a car seat in the back and stuff. 
Um, otherwise, I think the Ridge Lines are really cool trucks. Uh, when I worked at a Honda dealership about 15 years ago, at the time, they had... I drive a semi-truck for a living. I am blue-collar. <laughs> you still haven't I given that up, I grew up in a cornfield. <laughs> so back to my Ridgeline story. When I was, <laughs> when I was selling Ridgelines, they had... Um, I saw a video where they took two. This would have been probably a 2007 or I 2008 I eat steak Ridge with line. ketchup. <laughs> well done. Mm. And they laid down the, the tailgates. On They took two ridgelines, backed them up back to back, laid down the tailgates, and then parked another ridgeline with the front wheels on one tailgate and the back wheels on the other tailgate. And these were this was the first type of tailgate that did the, you could either open it down or swing it. So it only had one cable. That one cable would hold the weight of the front of the truck itself parked on the tailgate. It was pretty cool. I've always thought that, that they were pretty, uh, that ridgelines were cool. Hello, Slowboy. What's up, Slowboy? Welcome. Uh, welcome. You are now a member. I don't know if you saw that, but thanks to our good friend, Cooper's father, young old boy, you were gifted a membership. So lucky you. All right. Well. How do we uh, bounce? How do we raid? How do we send everybody over to Two Bit Podcast? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This should be streaming. Hold on. Let me make sure he's still streaming. He is. Hey, look at that. He's got a picture of the Cybertruck on the front of it. So let me. I, I just watched a video on how to do this. On so the what I'm studio. In the studio, customization, redirect. Oh boy, Redirects that's he's my real. He's my real dad. <laughs> uh, all right. So as soon as this one ends, I'm putting in the redirect here. So if you guys stay in here, then as soon as the stream ends, it'll automatically redirect you over. If I did it right. And you can go raid the 2-Bit Podcast's uh, comments and go watch them because they're good guys. Thank you for showing over up, guys. There. Even if you only stick around for a minute, just go over there and, like, spam F in the chat or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just, just start doing F. Just every single one of you, just go send Fs, as many, as many Fs as you can in the chat, and uh, see if you can get, get, uh, get Jason rattled. <laughs> Tell Jason to uh, like, like drink breast milk or something. That's an old joke. <laughs> yeah, that is an old joke. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to join the Kingpill Discord, where I will be in there to do a voice chat later this evening, probably, let's see, 6.15 right now, probably in about two hours or so. Um, I'll hop in there to do a voice chat for anyone who wants to, wants to join in. And if you would like to be a part of the very super exciting amazing, wonderful, fancy changes that we're, we're going to be rolling out here as soon as we can get them technologically figured out, then uh, if you want to have access to everything when we roll out the new stuff, then come get in now. Get in now at whatever tier you want, whatever price tier, and you'll get access to everything later on, and we'll be very happy to have you with us. Um, we've got a good, good bunch of conversations and memes and inside jokes and stuff going on in there, and we do voice chats pretty often, so we'd love to have you join us. Thank you much, everybody. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Remember to like, share, subscribe, do that stuff for us so that we can game the algorithm and we can get more listeners and keep doing more shows for you. Deuces.
and stick around.